0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's
1: all take a moment to talk more than football. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Victor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets create your best bet with the innovative bet victor bet builder 18 plus be nfl sunday
0: ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town like maybe you're a raven who married a seahawk who got a job in the land of the falcons with nfl sunday ticket you can watch your team's out-of-market sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns nfl sunday ticket now on youtube and youtube tv Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Redmond and my good friend Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? You all right?
1: I'm good. Do you know what? I've just realized I've never listened to us on the podcast before. Um, well, I've, I've listened should, to yeah, you, you. should really start. Yeah. Do you know, like when it was the early days, and I think there was like, I think I've only missed two or three ever. And, um, I listened back to them. I think I was working somewhere, so I've listened to them. I just realise how shit it must sound when I go or oh, watching, because <laughs> obviously if you see me on the camera, it's me just like frantically thinking, "Oh shit, it's my bit or oh, watching." But then, yeah, when you're hearing that, it must be like, "Come on, sir, I put some effort in."
0: Yeah, um, but if you were watching, you'd realise that's kind of part of it. It forgets, so I like to throw him under the bus every single week and then he just labours towards it. So that, that's part of the fun, really, and, that, and that's yeah. why we do it. We're all about fun here. People always say they like our, our rawness uh, yeah. and things like that, and that's exactly what it is. It's just Simon being an idiot, me not being asked, and we just just raw at the end of the day. Um, how have you been, mate? You all right? Oh, good, mate. Just uh,
1: keeping going, keeping trucking.
0: Oh, You've been up too much this week, then? Seems uh, weeks seem to
1: have got busy again for you, I think. Yeah, working, end of season air cuts for some of the players. They're all going on their jollies. Seeing the families, some of them. Aye. Some of them don't have families lucky, around lucky here. Boogers. so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Portugal's going to be a popular place. If you're a football fan, just go to Portugal. Yeah, you will see your stars if,
0: if you go to Portugal in the next two, three weeks. Because um, that's when they're all going away. Then they're all going to quickly fly back for the Euros if they're involved in that. And if not, then they'll probably just stay out there.
1: Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, so that's been me, man, just doing them haircuts at the minute.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, we have a partnership with Mystery Sports, uh, and they are uh, one of these brands that supplies mystery football shirt boxes. Uh, they're all the rage at the minute. And if you head to MysterySport.com and use the code TURFCAST, you can get 10% off a Mystery Sports football shirt box. Obviously, me and Simon opened one on stream a couple of weeks ago. I still need to get that clipped up. Sorry, Mystery sport guys, if you are watching this. I will be sending you the video as soon as possible. Um, I, f- I forget the shirt. Sevilla and a Macedonian team for me. Mark Haworth has done one, and I'm not even going to say the shirt. Wolfsburg, was it? But he shouted it. Well, he shouted it. He told me I got it wrong last week on Twitter, but I don't know if that's that's still wrong or if that's still yeah. right i can't remember mark i, I think it's wrong I
1: think and it's right.
0: gonna he's gonna he's gonna put the one word or em and gets it wrong again um but we all we do always ask the people that have um uh used the mystery sports uh, sorry that the, the mystery sport football shirt box cord bit of a mouthful to um to let us know uh, what what shirts you what shirts you've received what shirts you've received uh, so we can sort of like tell people what you, what you've received. Mark did he sent us a picture? Uh, we've had a few more been used this week as well, so we had quite a few used and only Mark has been in touch and told us um, what shirt he's got. So if you are watching this and you are a a, 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 a regular a regular listener um, and you know that we want you to tell us what shirt you've got, then please let us know what shirt you've got. We'll we'll give it a retweet and give you a shout out on the next podcast and let people know what shirt you've got. And if you include a picture, uh, we can share that one as well. Verde Bremen. That's it. It's German. It begins with W. It, they're both green. It's it's an obvious mistake. Verde Bremen. I think so anyway. I think so anyway. Um, but yeah, that's it for the um, niceties and all the other boxes ticked. Let's get in to the nitty gritty uh, part of the podcast. And it was... Um, A typical end-of-season performance for Burnley against Sheffield United this weekend. Obviously, the Clarets lost out 2-0 against, what I said on the the watch-along, like one of the worst teams, um, probably easily in the top 10 worst teams in the Premier League uh, history this season, I think Sheffield United have been. I don't know where they are in terms of points total, but they've just been shite all season. Let's not beat around the bush. They've been pretty, pretty poor. Henderson, a big loss. Obviously, Saki Wilder as well, halfway through the season. Bottoms not a Premier League quality manager. But he's got a feather in his cap now because he's beaten Sean Dash. But it's a typical end of Burnley, uh, end of season Burnley performance, isn't it? It Seems to be every single year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm certainly not saying that this is the case. However, it did feel a case of the last day at school when you think, "Fuck it, I'm not doing my work." Yeah. I'm, not doing, I'm not. I'm certainly not saying that the players thought I'm not putting a shift in. But I just think there's all without that drive of. We need to win. Burnley are always, yeah, too, too complete. I mean the the recent years of cup runs have proven that if there is not a you know fat or flat in it, we don't seem to survive. We don't seem to flourish. Um, and and that was the case. Yeah, I think it was a case of two teams that weren't really playing for anything. Mm. But Chef U got that goal, which we'll go into soon, mm-hmm. and then none of us knew what to do with it after that. No, um,
0: I don't think none of us really knew what to do before it. Uh, they yeah. managed to get the goal, as you said, we, we will go into. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying about sort of like the... the Not necessarily saying that the players didn't want to put a shift in, but it's just a case of... I, I, I think it is... You've hit the nail on the head with the... I think it's a mentality thing. Like Once you've achieved your target, I think they're so target-driven and so, um, you know... Um, always about staying up and getting to certain targets and things like that that once you've hit that target obviously goalposts can move during the season that's why obviously a few years ago when we finished 7th they didn't really tail off in February because a a new target was in sight so they went on and achieved that but same again when they finished 7th I think they lost the last two games that season I remember losing to Bournemouth at home on the last day of the season who were poor that season um, so yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. I think it is a sort of like a, a target thing. Like once they've hit that target, there's all that pressure on them as well. To be fair, I and mean, more so this season because it, there has been dangers where we've been looking over our shoulder and thinking, "Hey, well, we could end up being sucked into a battle here." So there's been all that pressure on them to, to not go down to, to make sure the club doesn't get sucked into a relegation battle and potentially even go down U- under no ownership. Some people say that will be catastrophic. Obviously, we'll hopefully we we'll never find out. Um, so I do think there's been a bit more pressure on them, on them this season staying up than there as usual. So I think once you've hit that target, I just think you naturally take your foot off the gas rather than doing it uh, in a conscious fashion. So I think that's what's happened myself. I think it's more of a a, a natural sort of foot off the gas because the target's been achieved.
1: Well, once we beat Fulham and 2-0... Which is obviously nil.
0: when we stayed up, yeah.
1: Yeah, we've got beat 4-0, 3-0 nil, nil, and 1-0, which is only 1-0, but it's against, like you said, the basement club. Yeah, um, so the proof's in the pudding. We haven't scored a goal since. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, there you go. Some things could be questioned about the four-five-one, but I'm sure we'll go into that.
0: Yeah, well, that does bring us on nicely. I was gonna before we get into the goal. Obviously, we might as well look at look back at the game and look back at the starting point of the game. The, my first reaction when I saw that team news was, "What is that?" Yeah. Yeah, what is that? What is that team? Why has he gone 4-5-1 against the club, the worst club in the Premier League? You know, they're playing potentially Lincoln City away next season. Uh, and there's a reason for that, because they've been absolutely shambles. And there's no disrespect to Lincoln City. Of course, any Lincoln City fan watching this will be quick to remind us the beaters in the FA Cup a few years, but that's the sort of sort of like level that they're at now. Um, so why would you, when you've got a Wooden Vids who up until the Fulham game, we were firing on all cylinders, playing really well. It, it, to be fair, even in the Leeds and the Liverpool games, they, they had the chances. Um, and I do think the movement of Vidra, but again, uh, the second half will probably prove me wrong on that one, to be fair, because it, it didn't really do much when he did come on. Um, but maybe the, the mentality was already there in terms of the team selection. Um, but I just don't get the reasoning behind playing 4-5-1 away at the team that's already down, finished bottom, probably one of the worst teams in Premier League history. I just don't get that at all.
1: When we play Man United, we, played a, we started with 4-5-1, if I'm right. Um, yeah. And it worked really well. Now, horses for courses, certain games certain players. We've said this exactly. many, many, many a time on this podcast. Vidra plays certain games, but this is that game. There is no question yeah. about it. You could argue that he is a top championship striker or a Premier League striker, that that is a good argument to have. And I I still think it's a valid argument to have. Playing against a championship club, not just by the fact that they've been relegated, but by the way they've played all season. Yeah. Um, And he's not playing him. It's just like, you you know for a fact, he is a top-end championship striker against what is an average championship defence right now, if I'm honest. I don't think they do well in the championship without 11. No, no. So, Um, why am I playing
0: I I totally agree. Like, like you say, it is horses for courses, but you just have to look at it. even Even if he is, the argument is that he's a top-off championship striker or a very good championship striker, he's still done very well in the last five, six, seven weeks. So on form, all right, he's not been bagging him every single week, but he's worked really well with Woody and started a partnership with Woody that we've been crying out for. Woody, Woody's needed it all season, and as soon as Vid comes in, Woody starts banging the goals in and, and stakes a, a very solid claim for player of the year. That's, that's that's because of Vidra's movement. We've been saying that all along. So for Daesh to to to, to go so cautious against such a poor defence, as you say, it just reeks of... I don't know. Johnny Tate got in touch um, on the Twitter account and did sort of like... He weren't fuming. That's why you're oh. laughing because everyone thinks he's fuming when he gets in touch. He weren't fuming. He um, sort of like I said, maybe we're trying a new sort of system because um, I can't remember exact words or words. I've not got it in front of me, which is fair enough. That's that's a fair enough point, but I don't think we have the players for that system. And he uh, and even if we do, it's in certain games, not in games you don't want to sit back against Sheffield United, put it that way, is, 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 is what I'm saying. You sitting back against your United's and your Liverpools and your cities, you understand ultimately it hasn't worked uh, against City anyway, but obviously it works at Liverpool and the Emirates. Um but coming up against a Sheffield United, you've got to be you've gotta be going for them, surely, haven't you? There's something wrong there, the fact that we haven't gone with them. That that really it does not sit right with me, to
1: be honest. The the thing that goes through my mind, and I know nothing. I always like to clarify that before I go into sort of fucking starting a rumor mill. But I always think when I look at these things, that is it easier for Dash, who we clearly we all agree now, finds it better to handle an eleven with a few subs than he does handle a squad. We, I think we can all agree on that. That Johnny Taylor brought it to his attention. He struggles to manage depth. He can manage a squad of eleven. And then after that, he starts struggling on the man around. Yeah, well, the proofs in the
0: pudding look at, obviously, Gibson and and other players that have not enjoyed being on the bench.
1: 100%. Is it easier then, my question, for Dash to leave out a Vidra right now, even on the form he's on, than to leave out the personalities, maybe, that are Jack Cork, um, Westwood and Brownhill? Is it harder for him to say to one of them, you ain't playing today, fella, than it is to say to Vidra, is it the one? Is it that? Is that the case, or is it genuinely? I'm not saying. I mean, a manager of his caliber and quality and experience should be able to handle. You ain't playing, pal. Hmm. But my question is, why else would you play a four-five-one? Because it certainly isn't a tactic that worked. If he, if I'm wrong, and it's not a personality thing, and he's thinking, do you know what, we'll just play them three, see, see how they do. Wanting yeah. it to work more than it actually physically working. Maybe he's thinking, if we can get these three ticking, that solves all, all his problems. He wouldn't have made this up at half time if he didn't realise it was a tactical error. So maybe it is a tactical error, but I, I think, think, I do think you might be onto something there with, I presume when you
0: say these three, you, you mean obviously the midfield three, because that's the three you mentioned at the start of the sentence. Um, but if he could get them three to work, I think the problem with that is the wingers aren't good enough. Dwight's okay; well, he's, he's more than okay. He's obviously very good on his day, but JBG is not. You'd, so he's not the winger that's going to do well in a four-five-one anyway. You need pace. Be, yeah, sort of like wingers that are going to get up and down. Yeah, um, yeah. and, yeah. and even, even even Dwight doesn't do that as much because he's always had a bit of criticism about getting back. So I don't think Dwight's even will even fit that system. So a lot of people think that Dwight's best position will be in number ten. But obviously, I, I like Dwight on on far wide on a four four two. I think he does all right there cutting inside. Um, but I, I don't think we have the players for that system. Other than maybe the three in the middle, maybe he has tried to to help them three along. But what I did notice is in them two them two games, the Liverpool game and the Sheffield United game, is Browner was playing the furthest forward of them three.
1: And number ten.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, he's. Person, I'd have that. He's the worst on the ball out of them. I love Brownhill, and I don't get the stick he gets off some Burley fans, mainly the older fans for whatever reason. But one one criticism I do have is Brownhill. He, he, he isn't as good on the ball as Westy or Cork. That's why Brownhill's good in these games against your bigger clubs whereas your Westies and your Corks you want in the middle when you're playing against teams that you'd expect to attack against. Whereas Brownell's good for me as a defensive sort of midfielder, sitting back, breaking the play down. There's a reason why he's got the second highest most interceptions in the Premier League this season, because he's better in a defensive role. So why Dice is playing at three in the middle and having Brownell the most advanced is just ludicrous to me. Unless Dice has seen something that we haven't, obviously, in training. But Josh Brownell, for me, is more of a... A defensive-minded, like sort of like a sitting midfielder, rather than an attack-minded midfielder playing in a, a number 10 role. I don't see Josh Brownell as a number 10 midfielder at all. I'd rather have him on the right-hand side of midfield, and that's saying something.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. I think if you're going to play a 4-5-1 in this modern day of formations, it usually works quite triangle in midfield. like Not triangle, what's what word? Diamond-shaped in midfield. It's usually sort of like a holding and attacking, and two central midfielders on a left and a right hand side, and then you play wing backs that push on. That tends to be the the, the success of a four five one because then you have one that drops back into centre back, which makes it a three in defence when they're attacking. Then you come back and it's five in defence when you're when you're defending, and yeah. that's the way it seems to have success. But with us, it's just ten men behind the ball. When it's four five one and with zero outlets, because Chris Wood with, with, hats off to him, has done exceptional this year with the very poor service. Let's be fair, yeah. uh, majority of this season, he's done exceptional, um, but he ain't that kind of player, mate. That's going to hold the ball and drag it up the pitch forty yards. He, he he needs it there and thereabouts. Let's be fair to him.
0: You mentioned Woody, obviously. I do want to get onto Woody a bit, it, but. No, this is no criticism of Woody. It's, a, again a criticism of the system that that was played. He looked so isolated, didn't he, against against a very poor Sheffield United team? And to, to say, that was another criminal aspect of this formation. You're isolating what's been your best player for the last six to eight weeks, who scored the most goals, who's dragged us sort of like out of the position that we were in because he's done a, had a decent partnership with another striker who you've dropped completely. And Woody just looked lost.
1: He looked really, really lost for me in that yeah. game. Absolutely. But I think every single star player in that squad, when you whoever you want to mention, Tarkovsky to McNeil to Wood, um, all of them look, look jaded, is probably the word I'll use. Um, and rightly so. It's been a hell, hell of a season, and we've got the smallest squad in the Premier League. I think that's a, a fact. I don't think it's even a question. Um, and I think you've just got to say the job was done and since then, we've we've just thought, fuck it. <laughs> Maybe we'll yeah. just start, fuck it. The job has been done. I'm not saying it's the last day of half-term, you don't give a shit, and you're going home and that's it. I think you're always thinking of the next term, but you just kind of think you've got one eye on, on what you're doing next week. And if you are a striker, like Chris Ward, who might not have seen his family for 12 months or whatever it's been in COVID, uh, who we're all them we're in yeah. New Zealand, yeah and they might be meeting halfway you don't want to be going there with a torn hamstring or uh, a broken foot because you've been going under mile an hour when there's absolutely no need to risk yourself he's uh, yeah. got half a foot I'm not saying he had a foot but half a foot in a potential 33 man squad for thing. he genuinely did have half a foot is he thinking I don't want to get injured Nick Pope look what happened to him it's always in the back of the minds I'm not Vidra, same thing. You know what I mean? He came. Yeah, he's up... obviously
0: worked at Euros, isn't he, as well? Which I to Euro. Vidra, has got into the squad.
1: So yeah, so like I said, it's impossible to not be human in these scenarios and think of what is coming up. Yeah, I I do think
0: that's an aspect of it, um, but I think it is as we've already mentioned, they've got they've hit the target. And they've just naturally took the foot off the gas. I don't even think it's a conscious decision to take the no, foot off the gas. Meant, I, d- I just yeah. think that, yeah, exactly. They've naturally just, yeah. the relief of hitting that target. And of course, we all heard about this sort of like the Ashley Barnes situation with the with the uh, the police and the drink driving and stuff. So that just goes to show the mentality of the players, like they hit that target and they had the little celebration because apparently the celebration was taking place on the team bus, according to reports and things like that, in the tabloids. So that could not be true, to be fair. Um so, but like i said, saying obviously a few beers were drank as Ashley's been proven. Um, so it's, I, I think that shows the mentality yeah. of the players. Eh, it could have been, it could have been whiskeys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but I think, I think that shows the mentality of the players. And I'm not criticizing that, like some people have. They've gone, oh, that just shows a the mentality. They're safe and they're happy. Well, yeah, that that yeah. is that is with the in a season like this. Yeah, that is that
1: is that is the target that has been the when, target all season. So, when that, you've got three more teams, when you've got three more games to play after being safe mathematically, nine points is making zero difference. It doesn't matter what their mentality is. Nine points, even with the biggest drive in the world, will make zero difference to our season. We will end up being a survival season no matter what. Um, so it doesn't. the mentality doesn't come into it for me. It is job done, survival, and you would be not human if you didn't think to yourself... Fucking hell, there! We can't go on holiday as as normal people, if you want to call us that. We out packing your best clothes a week before because you think, "Well, I don't want to wear them in case I, I I ruin them before my holiday." So I'm I'm not having that. You're going to run under miles an hour and risk pulling hamstrings and not being able to go somewhere because when there's no need to do it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, let's get into
0: the goal then. Um, probably the only sort of like bit of criticism that I'm really going to start talking about is Will Norris and the goal. Um so it's McGoldrick with the goal isn't it and he's, he's picked, it's a similar one to one of the Leeds goals yeah. the backing picks off it up. Yeah, he picks it up just inside his own half, right? And then there's no one anywhere near him. Um Lawton is probably just about the nearest, but I won't say it's his man. No, because uh,
1: I think West is running back going off memory. Yeah,
0: West is running back, but he's nowhere near him. I think West I think he's got past West there. I think the pro- the problem is this this shot starts too late, so you can't see. But he's got the ball and there's no one anywhere near him. So then Loughton follows him in, but then a player goes out wide, so Morton, sorry, um, gets distracted and goes out to him, because that probably is now his man. So he's trying to cover his man, and now there's literally no one within eight yards of him. Tarky's backing off, Jimmy Dunn's even further away than he needs to. He's himself in my memory. Uh, it's a yeah. Well, it's I just I just think there's a lot. There's not enough players around him at this point, but he's, he's not getting past them. And there's no one anywhere near him, and he's not getting past him. Lawton, sorry, has now got back to cover his man. Tarki's turn to face. Jimmy Dunn is starting to turn to face. That was my criticism there. I think he did get himself in a bit of a mess because he didn't know which way he was going to go. But again, he's not going to get past Jimmy Dunn. Then he just thinks, fuck it, I'll hit it. 99 times out of 100, Nick Pope saves that shot. I'll even go as far as saying 100 times out of 100. But for whatever reason, Will Norris doesn't. And he gets down, he goes down slowly. Whether Jimmy Dunn's in him, don't know if I'm going to be too... Uh, too unfair on him. I'm not sure. Jimmy Dunn could be on sight in him. I'm not sure he is, to be fair. Um, and Norris concedes a goal. And Tarki did not look happy um, on that.
1: No, I, uh, my BM machine might be making noise in the background. I apologise. Um, yeah, no, he, he, they were backing off. Jimmy Dunn was a mile off. He was giving him sort of like, he was on the half turn as if to say, this guy is fucking Raheem Sterling running at him.
0: Now, yeah. I'm not He got himself in a mess, did Jimmy. I think. I think that oh, yeah. he didn't know which way he were going to go. Then he's turning one way, he's turning the other. And because of that, he's not in line with RK, he's too deep, but again, he's not going to get past him.
1: No. And I still think, as much as I've got a started on Jimmy Dunn's problems there, I still think I would encourage that shot from there. I genuinely would. Now, my lad's a keeper, I refer to this all the time, but if, if someone was shooting from outside the box, I expect my kids to save it. And the, the, even from that point, I expect him to have a shot and be alright with it. It's either going to hit me, go wide, or keeper's got it. That's my scenarios. I do not consider a goal being an option from that position, in my opinion. Yeah, it's
0: just it. It's I agree. I think I think Popey saves that. I think the players are potentially playing with that in mind because they're used to being Poppy there, uh, having Popey there. Sorry, I mean talk's reaction says it all for me. Um, I'll just quickly go back to it. So McGoldrick hits it, goes in the net, Tarki immediately and in the air, throws it down. I mean, not saying he's kicking off with him and, and going mental at him and saying, Oh, you shit, bad keeper. Obviously, he's more professional than that. But I think, I think you can see the disappointment in Tarki there for me,
1: absolutely, mate. But you said it yourself, and I've said it there for my opinion. This is what I would expect. You said 99 times out of 100, he's probably going wide. Or is it in one of the objects in front of you? I think, think Paul, uh,
0: uh, if that shot's yeah. the exact same, always on target, no matter what, I think Paul saves that 99 times
1: out of 100. The other time is when he's injured or whatever. Yep, no, I agree, mate. And um, I just think it's one of them. But this is what I referred to right at the beginning of the podcast, mate. When that shot goes in, it's a case of Sheffield United don't know whether to attack or defend. We can't unlock their... Excuse me, we can't unlock their defence because the system doesn't suit us against that team. Yeah, I think I was after that goal was him, they, they were shit up until
0: that goal. So, so were we. Um We had a chance through a corner, I think it would have, headed wide if I remember rightly. But no, no, no team were creating anything. And then no, no team created anything for the rest of the game. It was okay. easily the most boring game of the season. I'm not just saying that because of the result. To watch, it was a slog. The season, ultimately, we've succeeded in our aim of staying up and, uh, and because of the, the factors this season, lack of investment, COVID, all that stuff, I think ultimately that was always the number one goal, as it always is, but more so this season. Push on I've, again next season, invest. But that I've game found, was so
1: bad. I've, I cannot I can't agree with you more, mate. I found that game more boring than when Tuchel took over fucking Chelsea and they had the ball for like 95% of the game. Yeah. And suffocated us and then got the goals and it just opened us up We did i don't think we saw any anything in there off the majority of that game and i found that more entertaining as a burnley fan than i did this one this this was just one of them games and uh the fact that it's last game of the season and we're safe i suppose is a lucky thing really
0: yeah no um but like you say it probably wouldn't have been that sort of game if, if we, won, if, yeah. we, if, we if, if we needed to win it. Um, but ultimately, it was boring. And, and shout out to everybody who did watch the watch along. Um, me and Simon appreciate it probably was also a boring watch along because of the boring game. I don't
1: um, think the stars say that, mate.
0: True. We did get some more stars. And another shout out to everybody who helped me get to 500 subscribers on YouTube. There was a thing in the stream um, where I seem to remember um, Bethany um Bethany Whitley, I can't remember. Um, apologies if that's that's not your last name. I haven't got it in front of me. I think it is. Uh was we'll sort of like logging into a mum's YouTube and a sister's YouTube, subscribing to loads of different things, and then you've got other people doing things, other people saying, Yeah, I'll head over there and now and subscribe because they're watching on Facebook. So shout out to everybody who did that. We're on five hundred and two subscribers now. So if you are listening or watching this on something that isn't YouTube or you are and you and you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you do. Um the Socials at the bottom of your screen now. If you want to give us a follow on all of them, there you go. That was a perfect segue. So if you are listening on the podcast, it's just Turfcast TV on YouTube. Uh, just Google it on YouTube. Is that a thing? Just just search it on YouTube. That's what I should be saying, and uh, and you will find it. Um, but I think we'll obviously just discuss sort of like where we are in the league table. Then obviously seventeenth, disappointing. Thirty nine points, disappointing. And that's the thing that annoys me: the fact that we haven't even gone to forty points this season annoys me a little bit. However, we've stayed up and that's that's all that matters. Newcastle, by the way, finished
1: twelfth. That's mad. That this is, mad. is it though, but like them, their fan base, the press, everybody criticising Newcastle to to high heaven. And would that nine points, if we'd have got them from the last three games against a very good Liverpool side, you know, irrelevant of their season, they've still finished third, I think it was in the end. Um, against a Leeds that, uh, you know, the press are adoring, they're playing good football, they opened us up ridiculously. And then against the Sheffield United. So realistically, there's only, a, for me, you could have got four points, potentially six at a push if you'd have beat Leeds at home. That, that were a six point. But would that have made a difference? No, it would have been up like where Newcastle is. But everyone still thinks that Newcastle had a shitty season. Yeah. Everyone yeah, still yeah. thinks that the crap so it doesn't merely mean anything in the grand scheme of things, and that's what I was referring to earlier on. I think what it, it goes I think someone put a stat up and again, don't have it in front of me, but
0: I think with when we had Pope, Tarket and Ben Me, our form was actually pretty decent. But the games where we've been... or oh, sorry, the periods of time where we've been shite, which is the start of the season and the end of the season, and a couple of patches in between where one of them's been missing. Obviously, yeah. Tarky and Ben didn't start the start of the season. Popey's missed a few games at the end. And obviously, Ben missed the last game as well. We were terrible. I think I don't think we won one game when one of them was missing or we only won one. I can't remember. But it's, it's very, very different. So I think if we have them three fit all season... We're finishing above Newcastle in twelfth, and we may be potentially knocking the door of uh, of top ten again. Yeah, so it's fine margins. And I don't want to go full Sean Dash, but it is it is fine margins.
1: I suppose it brings us onto it, but that like Dash said in his press conference that we need to add depth to our squad this summer. That we need to add numbers is is the phrase he actually used, yeah. um, and that is the proof in exactly what you're saying there. That once you take one of the eleven out, we seem to fall to pieces. Um, and whatever you think of the eleven that are in there, because everyone will have the big pool that they think, oh, they're not good enough anymore. They're not good. Well, when they're one of them's missing, it shows massively. Whoever that person is, Um, yeah. and we do need that depth. Yeah,
0: especially especially the, the main three. who's obviously Pop 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 Tarky and, and Ben Me. If one of them three are out, we are nowhere near good enough. Um, But yeah, that's it then for the um, the Sheffield United review. Obviously, we don't have. A game to look forward to now until August, which is um, well, depends on your thought process of the season. Obviously, some of us will need a break. I think I need a break after that Sheffield United game. Um, uh, but we will have the Euros, so Turfcast will be doing some things for the Euros as well. Um, but that brings us on to the England squad, which was announced on the day of recording this. We're recording this on Tuesday night. So the England Squad was released on Tuesday. Well, the provisional England squad because there's a few players playing in the Champions League and things like that. So he doesn't want to name his official squad yet. So he's done a provisional squad. Then he's going to trim six players out of it. Um, no Tarkovsky, which I'm not surprised about in the slightest. And that's not no reflection on Tarke. obviously. That's because of Southgate clearly doesn't like him. Um, and I don't mean personally, I just mean in football in terms, uh, before we go on full agenda conspiracy thing. Um, but it also, I think the main one was, the news we all kind of knew, but we'll wait until the squad come out, is that is that Pope is clearly missing out. So, no Burnley players in the squad this tournament.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, if I'm honest with you, Tarky had half a foot in it. I do think he's in there over Ben White, in my opinion. I think that... I agree with that. I think he's in there over Ben White. I still don't rate Mings. I know he's been there for so long yeah. and people
0: forget that. I, really I, don't, mind, co- I don't mind Corde, but I still have Tarky in above it. Yeah, this I, still, I, I, I still have talking above him.
1: Statistics, mate. Look at the who scored thing that you shared the other day. Is it top one of the top defenders in the country? Never mind. the uh, two in, the but, only two English defenders in that were Wambasaka and Tarke. They didn't but no, neither of them got in it. Uh and, and I find that the the Wambasaka one, I don't agree with either. But I can see the problem there because of the amount of wingbacks. There's, so right There's, There's so many right-backs. There's so many right good backs. ones as well. they top, yeah. top ones. Um, but Ben White, Conor Cordy, Tyrone Mings are all much-a-muchness. Um, and I think that Tarkovsky does get in there for me, above Ben White definitely, above Conor Cordy this season, definitely above Tyrone Mings in, in, in I, I do not...
0: I, I, know I know he's been in the squad for ages now, and I'm sick of debating it, but I don't... Get the fascination with Tyrone Mings. I do not rate him in the slightest. I, I know it's. I know it's because he's better with the ball at his feet, and that's what Southgate likes. But I don't even think he's that good with the ball at his feet. I think. I think the problem is, is a lot of people just think Tarky's is shy with the ball at his feet because he plays in a
1: Burnley side that and doesn't do it. But when he's to had it. to do it, when yeah. he's had to do it, he's done it well. And then, if you want to go further now, let's go into Burnley players that are in the squad that haven't even been mentioned. I think that there's no one really that can say. I mean, I'd say Tarkovsky is the biggest one, apart from Pope, who's injured. Take him out of the equation. Pope is the main one. Then it's Tarkovsky. Um, yeah. So they're not in it. Now you go to former Clarets that we mentioned earlier on the chat. Um, yeah. Danny Ings could get yeah. in there for me. I think he should it, be it in He should there.
0: be in there for me. Above uh, Ollie Watkins? Ings is better than Ollie Watkins. I know, I know Watkins had a good season.
1: A difficult one with Ollie Watkins. But I think that there's... Midfielders that like, I would look at because if you actually look at the strikers, I think there's only four. But I think if you go further down than that, there's midfielders, that yeah, there's forwards up. in there. That's the difference yeah. now.
0: There's there's forwards,
1: um, so That's I think Sterling's class is a forwards, forwards for that. that could come out, uh, for Danny Ings. I think he deserves a place. Um, Michael Keane, Michael,
0: Michael Keane's got Keane. to be in there. I think Michael, I, I Michael I Keane yeah, yeah, Michael Keane should be in there. The fact that he's not in there is an absolute, unless I've misread it, Trent, Chilwell, Corey. Godfrey? So Godfrey's going from Everton and, and Keane isn't. James, Maguire, Mings, Shaw, Stones, Trippier, Walker and Ben White there. I'm sorry, Ben White isn't even the best
1: central defender at Godfrey. Brighton. It's dunk. Yeah, exactly. Godfrey's played better for Everton on the right-back uh, right position than he has in the centre-back position. Uh, you, Everton fan Owen
0: will be listening to this. I'm sure he'll get in touch. Uh, I, but for I, me, ask him, I, I agree.
1: I put my laugh on it, that he's played better as a right-back than he has a centre-back. Um, and then going further than that, Patrick Bamford, irrelevant if you want to accept this, but he was a Claret fan. He was a Claret once every day. Um, could he have been in it? Above Ings, probably not.
0: But yeah, I have a... about... it's one of them, though, isn't it? Like he said at the start of his England campaign, and I know it doesn't count anymore because he's clearly gone back on that a long time ago, although not officially. But he always said he'd pick people on form. On if you're form. picking people on form, Bamford's got to be at least in the I don't know why he hasn't put him in the provisional to then cut him to say like, oh, he nearly. But I don't know. I I do do have a problem with Bamford because I don't think he's good enough. I think you put a good player in that lead side. He's scoring a lot more than Bamford. He misses so many chances. Statistically, 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 like you say, he's he's done well this season. Were it Kevin in the chat that said he's the highest scoring Englishman other than Harry Kane in the league this season?
1: Not only oh, that, look. mate, he is the the he's got a higher conversion rate of chances, believe this or not, than Harry Kane. Has he really? He actually has, right. Now that shocks me to my core because I don't yeah. even want to admit it. But it, it, I've that, seen Bamford miss a lot of chances, and it depends. Can on I, I guess what that, they call the talk Sport that mentioned that this morning? So if it's wrong, it's talk spot that told me. Yeah, so there you go. It's Simon's
0: fault for subscribing to Talk Spot on YouTube and watching the. Um, the Jim White show live uh, on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, uh, what? I mean, Danny Ings has had a very good season. I think the problem with Ings he has is he's had a lot of injuries. Um, so I think with Southgate, you need to be in in and around the squad a lot and in and around the system a lot to be able to to break I into think, his side.
1: I think with with Southgate, you have to be a number nine or a winger. That's it. Yeah. You, you don't play with anything. You play with two line deep. And the rest are wingers. Yeah. So, if you... Like Danny Ings, who's a, a centre-forward, and he, I know he's a, he's, he's a number... He's a number nine, I suppose, on paper, but he's a proper striker for me. Uh, yeah, Harry Kane is more of a number nine. Yeah. And then, you ain't going to get in over Harry Kane. Let's no, be fair. You're not, that. but...
0: You could easily... I know what you mean, because obviously he plays He plays Kane as a main central striker, and then... Sancho and Sterling or whoever uh, are off, off him on, on the wings and stuff so I see your point but if you need somebody who knows where the net is or if the ball you want someone just to to do a pot shot when the ball falls him yeah. in the area you can easily take one of them two off stick Ingsie on alongside Kane and then
1: maybe tell Forden to go more further yeah.
0: forward or whatever
1: Ingsie's in my squad though I'm not debating yeah. that I'm just. I'm I, not I'd not take arguing. him all day all day yeah, I'm arguing the Bamford versus Ings sort of scenario. Um, I'd take Michael Keane all day as well. Yeah, I do not understand.
0: I, 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 a, f- a few people might crucify me, but I still prefer Michael Keane over pretty much Tarkovsky, I think. He's, he's done so well at Everton, I think. He's, he had a slow start. I, I'd have loved to have seen Tarkovsky and, uh, and Keane playing together. No disrespect to Ben Me. I, a lot of people do yeah, see he's going that holds together.
1: That following list is going down. <laughs> ah, fuck him, fuck him. <laughs> um, but no I, I I really like
0: Michael Keane he's a brilliant centre half he can be very he can feel very hard done to I think to say that Godfrey's got in and I don't mind Godfrey he's a good defender to be fair I don't really have any qualms in being in the squad but Ben White, he's okay. I do like Ben White. But I don't know how he gets in above Keane or Tarkovsky. That's the problem. If if it was just based on Ben White, I'd say, yeah, fair enough. He's done well. Get him in like Get him at provisional. But it's not just about that. It's about Michael Keane's missed out and so is James Tarkovsky. And Dunk, who's who's played in the same side as you and he's a better defender than you. So I'm not... I don't know. I don't know. And I, I know Southgate likes his younger players. So maybe that's the route he's been going down as well.
1: I'm not sure. No, disappointing edge of summary really for Burnley fans, Burnley players past and present. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: speaking of Burnley players past and present, Tom Eaton looking though he's gonna have his move to Man United in the next few days. Obviously it's been released today on Twitter thanks to John Cross at the mirror and then Fabio the transfer guy I can't remember his last name off the top of my head. He's uh he's come out on in the last couple of years and now he's massive. He's like the biggest transfer guy on Twitter. Uh, but they've both sort of like said this week that um Eaton will be signing probably for Man United in the next couple of days. So by the time you're listening to this on Thursday or if you're a Patreon subscriber on Wednesday, he could have already he could have already signed. Uh, not that I'm sure when the transfer window actually opens to be fair, so maybe not. But um congratulations to Tom obviously. Uh, I think you saw him a couple of days ago, cut his hair recently. So I presume he's, he was, well, I'm not sure how much he he does give away Tom, to be fair. Um, but I'm sure next time you see him, he's definitely going to be buzzing.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a great guy. He he will, wherever he goes, he will fancy himself. I mean, whatever opinion we have of where he's going and why he's going, I guarantee you my opinion of him is he will, he will fancy himself wherever he goes. Um, I think he's a hamstring away from being number one again at villa literally once i think he gets that number one shirt back for yeah. a you know a success of games you you ain't taking it off him without an injury in my opinion uh so I think you'll fancy himself sell wherever he goes um I am buzzing for him we had this con- i had this conversation a few weeks with him uh, a few weeks ago with him saying, wouldn't it be good if someone like man united come and you could do a full circle, you know, he started at United as a junior, yeah. Did, did his bit there, went out, done the full circle, and to finish at United, I said, wouldn't that be unbelievable? So to hear it coming out, that it's a potential, then to see it's probable, he's um, it, it, fantastic, he's a great guy, he led this club through some great times, a great leader, and he deserves his chance, and hopefully he gets a, a shot at a few first-team games, if not in the Cups and the Champions Leagues and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, Even if he doesn't break into the first-team squad because Henderson stays or De Gea stays or whatever, it sounds like one of them two is leaving, to be fair. So he's only going to be number two rather than number three or even four, like Lee Grant has been I'd reset. say
1: one and a half. Like I say, I, I, I think he'd fancy so.
0: Yeah, he will do. But I think, obviously, in the terms of Solskjaer, I think he's there as, as backup. But I, I understand that Eton will back himself, and I'd back him as well, especially if he did get the shirt. But he's definitely going to be playing in the Europa League. Well, Champions League as they're in next season. Carabao Cup and FA Cup, so he's definitely going to get some game time. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite obviously I've only met him a few times through yourself, but yeah, I'm, I am buzzing with him. You'll have to get yourself a, a United shirt, but I'm not sure it'll look very what good on the podcast behind me, you I there. i already. <laughs> um, Kevin Trippier as well, La Liga champion. He's only the fourth Englishman ever, um, in the history of La Liga, um, to win the competition. So hats off to Trippier. Obviously, it's been on the cards for a few weeks, but the title race was very, very close. All they had to do was win on the last day, uh, playing valid the lead, I think it was. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they won. Vala got relegated because of it, but who cares? Uh, Kieran Trippi is a La Liga champion, so buzzing what? for trips.
1: Yeah, I watched it. Buzzing uh, and a few nerves at the beginning, coming off the bench, mate. Um, not not Trippi. I mean, the nerves were coming off the bench. You could see it in Simeone. Yeah, we got that goal back, and then the smiles started coming from the bench. I like I said, I watched the game. Soon as uh, that goal went in, I know it's not their podcast, so I'll, I'll quickly go for it. You, you just knew um, they were going to win. You just knew yeah. as soon as that one-one come back. Um, but Real Madrid—they won, weren't enough in the end.
0: No, okay. I've never been a massive fan of Real Madrid anyway. More of a Barca guy. But Madrid is now red as Trippier put on uh, Twitter. Nice image of him painting the city red. So congratulations to Trips, Congratulations to Duff. Congratulations to Tom. Congratulations to Arfield. They've all done very, very well in the last few weeks. Uh, the boys have done good. Um, boys have also done good. Uh, the lads that will be in the nominations for the Player of the Year. So let's get into the Player of the Year. The club will be doing their live stream on Friday night. We will be watching it. Um, I will be on Twitter and stuff talking about it. Might even do uh, sort of like a sort of a roundup of the podcast next week or whatever. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. Um, but yeah, let's go into it then. So we've got the player of the year olds. What I'm going to do is I've got a list of some of the awards in front of me. Obviously, yeah. some of them I won't ask you because the Esports Player of the Year, I don't even know. There's a lad called Brad. Brad. Brad yeah, that's it. There's a lad called Brad. That's all I know. So he, he I, I, in he followed I don't, me, don't even definitely. know if he still plays for him. I, I think I think oh, he got yeah. knocked out of a tournament this year or something. I don't know how it works. Still my uh, player, mate. I don't know anyone yeah, else. Yeah, there you go. Uh, fair enough. I'm giving that to Brad. So is Simon. But what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go through the awards. Go on some then. of them. I don't even know what some of them are. Um, Centurion Award. What's that? I don't know. I'm sure I could find out if I wanted to, but we don't plan this podcast. Players because, that have had uh, caps. Not ah, well, there's plenty two. of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's not an award. That's just factual. Um, yeah. Anyway, right. Player of the Year. Who are you giving it to? I know we discussed it on the watch-along, but we have yeah. a different crowd. So let's tell the podcast and vodcast viewers who you are giving the Player of the Year to this season.
1: It, it It's a difficult one. Um but it's between I, I can't give you a winner, but it's between Chris Wood and oh, He's sitting Lorton. on the fence. He's sitting Chris on the Wooden fence. He's got
0: splinters in his arse. Chris Wood and Loton, you're going for. I'm gonna go for Ben Me. Um reasoning. What's your reasoning for giving it either of them
1: two? Chris Wood deserves more praise. You know, I know he had a bit of a dipping form in the middle, but where his dipping form was was where other players were out injured anyway. For example, he, the, the amount of games he's played poor is probably the amount of games that maybe Ben Mee's missed. Um, So for the overall season on that term, I think he's the top goal scorer again for the fourth year. I think he deserves an accolade of something like Player of the Year for that. Lawton, I think since his contract's been signed, um, since this season, probably the most improved out of all the 11 since in comparison to last season, the amount of goals uh, that have been, you know, creator, chances creator, sorry, um, consistently, I think he's had two games that I can think of that you might think fucking hell and maybe some people give him an of time but other yeah. than that, mate, he's been brilliant.
0: Yeah, I, I know what you mean about that. He had a poor game recently against, was it United? I can't remember. And the entire no. Burnley fan base oh,
1: were... I can't remember
0: what game it were. It uh, might not be United. But the entire Burnley fan base were, get rid of this idiot. He's, he's been the most consistent, one of the most consistent players this season for me. So why would you want to get rid of him? I understand the ages on his side and stuff, and I would like to sign a right-back myself, but I wouldn't drop Lawton for him. I'd say, right, that's your target. You need to get yeah. him out of the side. And in a couple of years, then when Lawton goes back to Chesterfield or whatever he does or, or whatever or retires at Burnley. Um, and then he's then he slots into it. Like I said, for me, I'm going Ben Mee simply because if you look at the form at the start of the season when Ben Mee wasn't playing um, and in the games where we haven't had Ben Mee, um, we've, we've. It's been clear that we've missed him. Um, even when taki was back and Ben Mee wasn't, we still really weren't firing. We didn't really look like Burnley. Then when Ben Me comes back, I, th- I think I don't necessarily think it's just his qualities as a, as a footballer. I think it's his organisation skills and his yeah his leadership and his captaincy. I think that's what we miss. Um, so I do think he's sort of become like the glue that holds the team together. Um, so I think that deserves some sort of award for me. Who do I think will get it? I want Ben Mee, but I think Woody will get it. To be honest, I think I'm more I'm more people seem to be leaning towards Woody. Um, so I think I think Woody's gonna get it, but I would go for Ben Mee. Let us know in the comments below what you'd go for. Um, players, player of the year, irrelevant, we're not a player, so it doesn't matter. Um, goal of the season. I think there's only one winner here, isn't there? Who are you no. gonna go for? No, there's you're two. not going for McNeil at Everton, right?
1: There's two. There's McNeil versus Everton, which is possibly the best individual goal. There is Matt Lawton, which is the best team goal with a, with a great finish. So Lawton's like,
0: was a good effort, actually.
1: Now you mentioned it, and 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 a credible shout out to Brownells at Millwall. Yeah, but that one is definitely up there because it was a cup game. It gets kind of pushed under. Yeah, the exactly. Just, people forget about it, don't they? Yeah. But um, for me, hundred percent, it's a toss of a coin between Lawton's goal, which was a contender for goal of the month, as well as. Um, at Brownhill, uh, Brown's fucking hell, sorry, as well as McNeil's. But McNeil's individually was fantastic. And I, But I think that because of the team aspect of the other goal, it makes it an equal contender. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for McNeil. It just,
0: it's not just the goal. It's the fact he picks the ball that where he's back to goal, comes in, skins the Everton player and then just, you can't put it any more postage stamp. You can't get any more in the top bins as to what McNeil did at Goodison Park that day. That has to be the goal of the season for me. I can't, if anyone else, I'd understand the Lawton one. I'd understand the Browner one, but it, it, I, once I, has, has, he has
1: picks the ball in his own half. Yeah, initially. so that's he does
0: because I, I remember he does a one-two with somebody, doesn't he? And, and just bulldozes a a palace player out the way. I can't remember it was Townsend. I can't remember. Um, and then an absolute rocket of a of a half volley at the time, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but McNeil for me, I think that's pretty much it. Because all the rest of them are just um magic moments of the season. Um. You know what? If Lawton doesn't get it for his thing, I don't understand what the what the criteria for that one is because there's no link, so I can't I can't um, have a look and see what it is. But if I could choose a magic moment of the season, uh, the Lawton goal that you mentioned, I think that one because it was Lawton scoring his first goal for Burnley and his first goal since that Villa one. He only scores screamers. does Matty Louts, um, so I think that one. Um,
1: I don't know. Could, from that I don't much. know what the criteria is. The fans coming back? Is that but, a magic moment? But I imagine it's something like when Ben Mee headed that ball off the line. Do you know things like that? Yeah, I, I think ben, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think
0: it's things like that. Fair enough. Um, and that's pretty much it then. Um, because under 23s, under 18s, Centurion, that's a factual one. Not paying enough attention to the 23s and under 18s, to be honest with her. Chairman's community champion. Uh, That's probably going to go to Ben Mee because he tends to do a lot of... Oh, oh, you want to get that? No. (laughs) Because he tends to... I I know Ben Mee's just won some off the PFA for his charity work, so it's probably going to go to Ben Mee, that. Um, But yeah, that's it. Um, Just looking more... Yeah, top goal scorer, Woody's obviously going to win that one. Goal of the season... We've done that one. Chairman's Community Champion mentioned it. Women's player. We do want to do. We do We want to pay more attention to the women's game, but it's not as accessible as the men's game. I think uh, we do need to make it more accessible. But obviously, the new board have
1: said that they're going to be doing. so. Good point, that. We should maybe get a panellist on for the women's things.
0: Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we can actually watch it ourselves a bit easier. I, I, I think they play at Paddy, I can't remember. Um, she was just down the road for me, to be fair. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd like to be able to stream it uh, and keep up to date more up to date with it on, on the club website they might already be out there I've just I've just not actually seen it it's not in your face as much as uh, some of the other stuff is so um, we'll see so I don't know anyone to give for that one but that's who we'll give for the um, Player of the Year awards which are taking place on Friday and we'll be putting updates and stuff on Twitter like we usually do um, I think that's it is that, have yeah. we done everything have we covered everything eaten yeah trips yep. Yeah. England, Sheffield United, Chambles, lacklustre performance to end a lacklustre season, um, which I think sums it up brilliantly. Um, But that's it for me. That's it from Simon. Uh, If you haven't already, please do follow us on other social media channels. They are at the bottom of your screen now if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Um, If you're listening on the podcast and you want to know where they are, it's Turfcast Podcast on Twitter, Turfcast Podcast on Facebook, Turfcast Podcast on Instagram, and you guessed it, Turfcast podcast on YouTube. It's actually Turfcast TV now. I just haven't updated that graphic. But if you search Turfcast podcast, it would come up anyway. Um, One thing I quickly do want to mention, actually, before we leave, is Heath from New Zealand Clarets has been in touch this week again. And he says, by the way, uh, there's a few of the New Zealand Clarets meeting up three weeks from now for the England versus Scotland game. Chris Wood's parents, Grant and Julie, are coming along to meet the lads and have a drink with us should be a great laugh. So you are in the New Zealand area. Um, it doesn't say where, unfortunately. If you are in the New Zealand area, it's a big area, to be fair. But if you are in the New Zealand area, get in touch with the New Zealand Clarets on If you're in the New Zealand Facebook, area. On Tweet Facebook. It. On Facebook. Heath Heath is in the New Zealand area, as is Martin, That the two Heath, lads that Heath, come on there. Heath
1: New Zealand claret. There is not. There is.
0: Any. He knows them all. It does, but someone might be listening to this podcast now in the New Zealand area. I so guarantee search you, New Zealand clarets you on Facebook or search um, and
1: get in touch, find out where it is. I and guarantee you can meet Chris Wood's you parents. You know more New Zealand clarets than we do. I guarantee it. Probably.
0: Yeah. So get in touch with Heath, he'll tell you where it is. You can meet Chris Wood's parents. Uh, but that's it for me. That's it from Simon. Um, another thing, uh, we do now have a Patreon. Um, So if you haven't signed up to it already, please make sure you do. Just head to patreon.com forward slash Turfcast. You will get benefits such as money off at the shop, early podcast release, early vodcast release, and more things coming soon over the summer. We do have a product in manufacture. We are ready to open the Turfcast shop. Simon knows what it is. It should be getting delivered to my house within the next two weeks. So hopefully the Turfcast shop will be open soon. And if you are a subscriber of the Patreon channel, you can get, I can't remember what it is, it's either 10, 15 or 20% off. You are buying one as a gift. Thank you. Uh, That doesn't make sense, but there you go. Uh, So the shop will be open soon. We will be having a season break at some point, but we'll probably do a podcast next week maybe to discuss a player of the year. If not, it'll be in two weeks. Just keep your eyes on the social channels. We will obviously always update you on there. So that's it for me. That's it from Simon. And we will see you when we see you. Thanks for listening. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a
1: moment to talk more than football.
0: It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?